everybody, welcome to the 27th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm co-host, Levi. And uh, before we get started, just want to remind everybody, please subscribe on iTunes, uh, leave us some love, leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, you can email us at uh, mathcoreindex at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, at the end of this episode, uh, we've got a, a special surprise for you. We've got a full interview with, uh, a full band interview, rather, with Delta Sleep. Uh, they recently played Bottom of the Hill last month here in San Francisco, and we had the pleasure of sitting down with them uh, and having a, a good, lengthy discussion. Yeah, in for a treat for sure. So we'll play that at the end of the episode. So first we're going to talk about ATKA. That's A-T-K-A. ATKA are a tech grind mathcore band from Germany. And uh, this is just one of those releases that we just kept forgetting to cover, I think mostly due to the name of the band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we came back to it, I think this is like our third time, I swear. <laughs> yeah, we, we've like circled back to this one. Mm-hmm. Worth it though. A number of times. Yep. Um, I, I I don't even know. I it's, we've been through through so many bands too. I feel like I don't even remember why we cut them originally. Well, we, we've like totally abandoned our format of just only doing like five or six bands. We went from like five or six to seven or eight to ten to now like this episode was originally going to have thirteen bands, but we cut it back a little bit. We went rogue. <laughs> yep. Because there's just so much music. So um, yeah, I'm I'm sorry that they f- they slipped through the cracks. This is really good. Uh, man, it, this uh, this this band not only just like that tech grind. Uh, well, I mean, just probably because of that tech grind, it really gave me just these elements of like the classic like deathcore sound as well. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, everything is ripping and fast and furious, and then you have like track seventeen ends with like the six minute and twenty six second long track of also intense music, but also just like that trippy noise sounds and everything. Yeah, they really do. They um. They held up that that super lengthy track for the end of the album. It's a it's a long album too. I think it's seventeen tracks or 16 yeah, tracks? seventeen tracks. Um, if you look at the comments on Bandcamp, apparently quite a few people are stoked that this band is back. Exactly. Uh, apparently, they're pretty big in the German scene. I think the Berlin scene back in the day because so they put out their first album. Two thousand ten. Well, I think they started in two thousand seven with a, an EP, two split EPs, and then took a, like a long break. Yeah. The, okay. They took the gap from two thousand ten to two thousand eighteen. That's, that's right. What, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So they're this is their first new release in eight years. Um, and genre wise, I would definitely place more emphasis on the tech grind label for this one. Yep. There's just like so many riffs that I would identify as like purely metal riffs. You know what I'm saying? Just played at very fast like grind chord tempo. Boom. Um, what track are you thinking? Well, um, I don't know, because uh, a lot of them are really good. They're all kind of um, around that one-minute mark. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Several extend from, like, three to six, so they're definitely trying to explore a variety of styles in this release, as I think you were trying to point out a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the short songs are, like, more grind, and the longer ones are definitely more like, traditionally metal. And there's, like, even an atmospheric breather halfway through this album, too. Yeah, and well, did you catch like the power metal influence on this album too? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a yep. couple moments where I'm like, wow, that that high pitched singing, you know, it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, but I was just gonna say that if you're a fan of Gridlink, Discordance, Axis, um, or even like Psyopus and Bedlam of Cacophony, this is gonna be your jam. So many of these riffs remind me of Takafumi-san's you know style. So the the the. The titles of all these tracks, um, they're, they're all symbols. Yeah, they're gibberish. in code, basically. Yeah, so um, I would say track two, I really enjoyed. Um, track track one is, is you know, it's like 32 seconds. I feel like we give the listeners a little bit more. Than- yeah, well, I was thinking track 13 for that exact reason, because it's a bit more lengthy. Okay. That's not good. So I'm not even going to attempt to read to you the uh, <laughs> the song title. You guys it's will just, get it once you look it up. Right. Um, so we're going to listen to track 13 off Atka's Untitled Album 1, which came out July 17th of 2018. Here we go. 
Alright, so that was track 13 from Atka's new album, Untitled Album 1, and that came out July 17th of 2018. So next we're going to talk about the Arusha Accord. The Arusha Accord are a mathcore progressive metal band from Reading, UK. Started out back in 2005, releasing their debut EP, uh, as well as a split with the textbook Tragedy, great band, on 20, 2018 rather and their first full length in 2009, which was reissued in 2011. Uh, that album is really, really good, by the way. It was received very well in the underground community. And now they're back with their, uh, after a seven year hiatus, actually, with their new EP, Juriken. The band is, uh, I think, notable originally for utilizing dual vocals, as the original lineup featured uh, two brothers, Alex and Paul Green sharing vocal duties, uh, as well as slap bass technique, which you you rarely hear that in the genre. Yep, yep. Uh, this is apparently uh, the first of a four-part uh, album series. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. I did not pick up on that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, this is yeah the first of uh, four, I guess. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that they're, they're putting more stuff out now, because they just lost two members quite recently. I think they lost one of their vocalists and one of their guitarists. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think that provided them with some significant challenges during the recording of this album, actually, too. Um, yeah, they, they lost a vocalist and one of their guitarists. and um, But, you know, I would definitely describe them as, as mathcore. They've got some, like, odd meter and dissonance, but they're definitely now more occupying a sonic space that's like progressive metal just because of Absolutely. Like the singing and the melodic like meandering sort of riffs the, the last two tracks uh the dark plane the dark plane uh part one and two definitely shows that for mm-hmm. sure yep uh dark pain one i love that the piano over the rainfall that's great yep um there's a lot of a lot of parallels to be drawn with sixth here um you know the use of the dual vocals um they're from the same area obviously uh, but I would also readily compare them to Between the Barrier to Me, Protest the Hero, and Periphery. Nailed it. And occasionally math, like purely mathcore bands like Dillinger. Um, you know, some of this material feels a little forced to me, though. I got to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, I, I think some of the like the later, like more melodic material that maybe they sounded. I feel like they they executed it a little better when they had two vocalists on this album. It doesn't feel quite as strong. Like I feel like Blackened Heart and Vulture are really quite good, but it definitely tapers off after those first two tracks, in my opinion. I feel like this, ultimately, the CP kind of pales in comparison. I was going to say, then you got two other tracks, and then you're into the, the progressive metal side there, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, which I'm not opposed to. Uh, you know, I definitely think that a lot of bands are just making, you know, I, I hate, hate to keep bringing up Daughters here, but uh, Daughters have sort of like set the precedent for really switching it up stylistically album to album now i feel like a lot of bands are really going that direction like rola tomasi for yep. example um they, they've really moved to a more like progressive direction album to album wouldn't you agree oh absolutely um, um I'm, I'm i'm wondering if this with this whole like album series too if this is what they're moving towards more or if they just are going to adjust you know more knows? than likely you know yeah. and to their credit it does like i i think it's good that they're they're trying to branch out a bit it does you know seem like they're really trying to experiment so um that, that's better than just doing the same thing over and over again i suppose <laughs> touche i'm definitely one to be like oh i wish it sounded like their first album but you know i I'm still in love with shit that I listened to when I was a teenager, too, so I guess that says a lot about me. So we're going to listen to Blackened Heart, which is track one from Jurican, uh, their new EP, which came out on September 28th of 2018. Here we go. 
right, so that was Blackened Heart by the Arusha Accord, and that's track one from their new EP, Juriken. And that one came out back on September 28th. So next we're going to talk about Hemwick. Ooh, Hemwick! <laughs> Hemwick are an instrumental metal mathcore band from uh, Utah, Ogden, Utah. They've released one EP back in 2015 uh, as a two-piece, and they've returned with a new EP in their latest manifestation as a four-piece. Some more power, for sure. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a lot fuller sound. Some fucking awesome instrumental shit here, man. It's I, I, heavy. It's yeah. like if uh, if like Gaza and Pelican fucked, you know? <laughs> like, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm really glad you said the Pelican thing because that kind of puts it into context for me uh, personally. Just that driving heaviness, and it's just yeah, man. It's fucking. And I don't know why, man. There's been a few instrumental kind of heavier bands like this that have popped out of Utah, and I really I wish I could come to mind like with the names and everything. But when I found out. It's just something about when I heard this band, and then when I saw they were from Utah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Like, that, that makes sense. Um, I, I got to ask you, Christian. Um, we, we've we The last few instrumental bands I feel we've covered, you always touch on um, this band might have needed a vocalist. I'm so glad you bring that up. And I will probably agree with you. So what do you want to say, bud? Well, um... <laughs> I think it needs vocals. I, I do. I think it's criminal that they don't have a vocalist. Dude, fucking, you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. I, that I, is I, that is my main criticism of this band. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when I, I posted this last night, I kind of was like, what did I say? Um, I was like, well, somebody should really step up and do vocals for them. And Chad of Frontier and Dark Orbit responded saying, challenge accepted. So... I really hope he lays down some nasty shit for them. Yeah, at least Chad's in the same fucking country as you guys. Exactly. So th- hopefully they can make that happen. And, you know, other than that complaint, this is some really good stuff. The instrumentation is extremely well executed. The compositions are pretty exciting, albeit, uh, albeit maybe like a little too meandering in some of the melodic slower passages that are almost kind of shoegaze. Um, hmm. But they do have a lot of technical dissonance and heavy elements stop on a dime changes uh, even atmospheric sludgier patches which that kind of just sums up the sound of of utah doesn't it that, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> it's fucking awesome um, we're definitely agreeing here man the the track uh it, it sounds like an instrumental version of gaza is what I'm, I'm what i'm getting at here well i mean in, in um, i believe it's uh the my it's, it's my favorite track but it's the track uh uh thread it has such a heavy groove to it that just throws me right into as much as Gaza, this groove that this song has, it reminded me of Pelican. Um, and honestly, like, and Levi even, putting it into context man, for me. Even here. though, even though I'm saying like, in, uh, Chris and I are both saying like, it needs vocals. You know what? If you don't want vocals, that's totally fine. Just keep pumping out some fucking heavy shit because this is really, really good. It's um, I I wore out my listens very, very fast on Bandcamp with this one. Um, so yeah, um, with that, I'm gonna leave it at. Yeah. You know. Thread is definitely the track that we're gonna listen to as well. By the way. Good, good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I love it when everything just falls into place. <laughs> so we're going to listen to Thread, which is track one from Junkie, which is Hemwick's new album, and that came out on October 23rd of 2018. Here we go.
right, so that was Thread by Hemwick, and that's off their new album, Junkie, which came out on October 23rd of 2018. And again, uh, you know, it's there's no reason in hell a band like this should not have somebody handling the vocal duties. You know, metal is already very percussive, uh, especially for a grindier, more metallic band like this. Your music is probably primarily percussive anyway, and you're probably relying less on melody. So it would only make sense to add that element, in my opinion. Lyrics will only engage your fans more. It will make your music more memorable. The, my bottom line is, unless you are Behold the Octopus or Animals as Leaders, you should probably have a vocalist. Well then. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, I like that. That was fucking uh, stood your ground there, man, for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to discount this band's um, what they're doing, but you know, yeah, I just it just seems like they really they they should have a vocalist. Yep, valid argument there. All right, moving on. So the next band we're going to talk about is uh, Atour. Atour is a hardcore mathcore band from Los Angeles. Uh, at this time, the band only has one single up, so it's sort of hard to speak at length about their sound, but they seem to have uh, an official release in the works. And it's a two-piece as well? That's right. Um, it is a two-piece project. Um, based upon this one track, though, uh, this is, seems it seems to be very promising. You could definitely describe it as like energet- excuse me, energetic hardcore with a little bit of technical flair. Yeah, you got that every time I die, exactly. kind of vibe, absolutely. Every time I die in Grey Haven is sort of where I would go. Cool. Norma Jean, yep. maybe to a lesser extent. This will be your jam if you like any of those bands. Yeah, more music, please. This is fucking just a tease, if anything. Right, exactly. Um, so let's just, with that, just go ahead and just jump right in. We're going to listen to Stay Asleep, which is their new single, and that came out on October 28th. Of, Stay a band. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, of 2018. Here we go. So that was Stay Asleep by Atour, and that's their new single that came out on October 28th, 2018. 
So next we're going to talk about Methwitch. Methwitch is a one-person deathgrind beatdown band, um, project rather, if you will. Although you could certainly call it deathcore as well. Uh, from <laughs> for sure, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Been consistently pumping out shit for quite a few years. Holy fuck! This is one of the best one-person internet projects out there. My my favorite by far. It's so brutal. It's disgustingly heavy. Uh, so this guy Cameron released uh, this first full-length debut album, Rotting Away, back in 2015, which was a huge hit. Uh, an EP, Shadowkeeper, which I loved even more. Uh, and another tw- uh, in 2016, another full-length album, Piss. Um, and now he's back with this new single, which I can only assume is part of a larger release, given this just one release this one release a year trend he's got going this dude is like a a very like upscaled version of what big chocolate tried to do back in the day yeah except it's he can actually play guitar yeah he's like really talented and actually write good songs and also does brutal vocals on top of everything else right he's not just a brutal vocalist he does all the instrumentation i mean the drums are programmed but Fuck me if they don't sound very convincing. Yeah, it's pretty sick, Cameron. Um, so yeah, I gave Rotting Away and Shadow Keepers some significant playtime when they came out. Uh, yeah. Again, vocals are just disgusting, ranging from low gutturals to shrieking highs. Music ranges from fast death grind to absolutely pummeling and heavy breakdowns that could be described as beatdown. Yep. This is hate mosh music. This is uh, I just it's a it's a pity that it probably has never performed live. But man, this new single Brimstone Heart it is fucking fire, dude. You Consistent. took the words out of my mouth. I, I really would love to see this being a live project. Uh, it's a damn shame that Cameron doesn't have a full band behind him because this would be great to see performed. Uh, I think if you're a fan of any ultra heavy deathcore beatdown bands like Black Tongue, Traitors, or Infinite Annihilator, and especially if you also like grind, you're gonna eat this shit up. Yep. Um, as if I already didn't love it enough, he's seemingly now trying to write in these math core influences. So I uh, I am tight in the pants. Yep. Ooh, me too. Tingle. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to listen to the new single, Brimstone Heart, which came out on Halloween of this year. Here we go.
That is just obnoxious. Yep. Nailed it. Levi reminding me of my uh, using that as my primary descriptor for this this project. For years, you described it as just obnoxious it in really such is. a good way. But that is <laughs> it is in a good way, though. Yep. Relentless, as you just uh, described it, would also be fitting. So that was uh, Brimstone Heart by Methwitch. That's M-E-T-H-W-I-T-C-H, all one word. Um, it's a new single. It came out on October 31st of 2018. So next we're going to talk about Operation Kino. Operation Kino, that's K-I-N-O. It's a mathcore band from Brighton, UK. They released their first single in 2015, their debut EP in 2016, and now they're back with another single from their forthcoming release, Micro Mort. And first of all, I just want to say again, every time we talk about a Brighton band, I got to just say how excited I am about the scene there, how, how good it seems to be. Pumping out some fucking music out there. I mean, at least from my perception. Yeah. Uh, Delta Sleep, The Guts, Physics House Band, Small Pond, just putting out great session videos and recordings. It seems like there's a really good scene happening there right now. Well, we just interviewed Delta Sleep and uh, and Rolo Tomasi, and both say that Brighton is popping. So yeah, exactly. Um, so it's sort of fitting that we're talking about Operation Kino, given that we've got the Delta Sleep interview here at the end. And yeah, uh, James from Rolo Tomasi said much the same about the scene there. So. Uh, Moving on, uh, you know, secondly, it seems like this is another instance in which we only have, you know, just one single to, like, make any assessments it's with. It's kind of so hard to go on here, but it, it, my it notes was a are tease. Light. Yeah, exactly. Um, I made sure to give that first DP a spin, and although it, it has a couple spots that didn't strike me, they show a lot of promise, and this new track seems like they're stepping up their game significantly, so I'm excited to hear this new release. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the comparisons. If you like Dead Kiwis... Faust, uh, Autism, all bands that we featured before. And basically any band that's sort of on like on the chariot tip. Yep. Um, that post-hardcore thing going on there for sure. I think this will be your jam, yeah. I got nothing to say, man. I'm just ready to listen to this single. It's fucking, it's, I just wish there was more. That's all. Well, they've got um, their new EP, which is coming out next year, so we can look forward to that. So we're going to listen to ATD, which is a new single off that EP, Micro Mort, and that comes out on January 26th of 2019. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, so that was ATD by Operation Kino, and that's their new single off their forthcoming EP, Micromort. That's coming out on January 26th of next year. So next we're going to talk about Anna Sage. Anna Sage are a hardcore mathcore band from Paris. They started back in 2012, uh, but released their debut EP in 2016. Kind of a long gap there, uh, but they're back now with another EP of Metallic Hardcore. Again, yet another band I don't really have a whole lot of notes on, so I'm just going to jump into the comparisons. They really have a throwback kind of feel that reminded me of Scarlet, Breather Resist. Nailed it! And just like the riffs especially reminded me of Scarlet. I mean, they also kind of have a Death Wish sound too. Um, I would sort of compare them to Converge and the Rodeo Idiot Engine, which is um, a band from their, their country actually. And they're hitting like their darker stride. Just, yeah, just really awesome driving fucking hardcore, some chuggy heaviness here. Just, it's good. It's really fucking good, man. It is good. Um, so we're going to listen to Last Dose, which is track one from their new EP, The Fourth Wall. I'll agree with you, man. It's a great fucking track. And that came out on December 1st of 2018. Here we go. So that was Last Dose by Anna Sage, and that's track one from their new EP, The Fourth Wall, which came out on December 1st, 2018. Something that's kind of reminding me of Cult Leader a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But you kind of just nailed it when you said kind of death wishy sound there, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think that that's sort of, you know, yeah, hinting at what I was, 
you could have inferred it. <laughs> All right, so uh, the next spam we're going to talk about is a dozen black roses. A dozen black roses are a two-piece hardcore mathcore band from Tennessee. Once again, this is another brand new project with just a three-song EP available. Notably, the band's name is derived from a song by A Prayer for Cleansing. Prayer Dude, for Cleansing, rather. This because this the, the fucking name of this band throws me back to like 2000, 2001 metalcore. Exactly. Like this, I'm well, like, that was how the year is this? Prayer for Cleansing. How out. is this name not been taken yet? That kind of thing. Like, holy shit. So, yeah, exactly. And then if you look at the name, yeah, Black Rose Burial. But well, I mean, if you look at the text of their their uh, logo too, it's fucking splattery cursive. Just once again taking me back to that early 2000 metalcore vibe. Like, I, 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 I'm pretty sure you guys meant to do that. So kudos and well done. Yeah. yeah. Um. And one more thing about Prayer for Cleansing that featured members of Between the Buried and Me, for those of you that don't know. The vocalist. Um, well, not just him. Uh, actually, four members went on to be in Between the Buried and Me. Mm-hmm. There was Paul Wagoner and uh, Tommy Rogers both doing guitar, um, Will Goodyear on drums, and then Mark, uh, I forget the last name, Mark something or other, who was also playing bass. So four of those guys went on to be on the first BT BAM album. Fucking nerd. <laughs> um, anyway, we don't want to talk about that. So... But back back to this. This is this is really good though. This is one of the repeat, uh, albums that I've just had on repeat this month of the bands that we cover. Dude, the fucking the drums are amazing. Uh, okay, so just honestly, driving drums, breakdowns, guitar squeals. Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. Like, it's it's heavy and chaotic yeah. hardcore. Definitely similar to Code Orange, disembodied. Reminded cult leader, me, reminded me of Chamber, um, which we will be well, covering. It, it makes sense because they're both from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, they, well, they sound like they're man. townsmen. <laughs> uh, the stars align here. I see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and just like Chamber, they've got a bit of technical flair to draw on fans like myself, presumably like yourself, who yeah. seek a more elevated level of musicianship. Um, and this is a very promising EP with a ton of uh, potential, and uh, it should hit the spot if you're a fan of the breakdown. And I want to see these guys on tour with Chamber. Please. Hopefully they start gigging together. So we're going to listen to And It Burns, which is track one from their new EP, Mental Threshold, and that came out on November 7th of 2018. Here we go. We wage war and we burn sacrifices and pillage and plunder and tear at the flesh of our brothers. And why? Because God gave us violence to wage in his honor. I thought God gave us moral order. There's no moral order as pure as this storm. There's no moral order at all. There's just this. Can my violence conquer yours? Let's go! 
Alright, so that was And It Burns by A Dozen Black Roses, and that's track one from their new EP, Mental Threshold, which came out on November 7th of 2018. So next we're going to talk about Stress, the band, that is. Stress are a hardcore band from New Zealand, featuring members of Akaname and Ornithologist, which is a really sick band, both of those really sick bands, actually. Uh, and I believe the other guy went on to be in a Serious Beak and Instrumental Adjective, if I'm not mistaken. Both bands that we featured on compilations. And uh, although this is a new project, according to their Bandcamp notes, the EP was written and recorded over a three-year period, with the members being in different countries. But it seems as though they've managed to Frankenstein together something quite nice here. Their words, not mine. Yeah, man. Um, if anything, uh, should Frankenstein some more fucking tracks after three years. But uh, it's all good. <laughs> I, I, the, the three, the three. I just wish there was more to review. It, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, just wish there was more than three tracks. Me too. Hopefully, they've got more cooking. Um, I would describe their sound as like driving metallic hardcore. And folks, if you're playing Mathcast Bingo, I really hope that driving is one of your squares. <laughs> used to be emotive, I feel, but now driving is our yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, definitely motif. Motif. Mm. Definitely abused that word in yeah. the last few episodes too. Um, anyway, they seem to really draw heavily from Converge and newer European bands that reflect that same influence, uh, such as, you know, Coil Guns, Dead Like Me, Bind, Torture, Kill, yep. um, who all, quite frankly, sound like Gaza, who all sound like Converge. I was so just going to say Gaza. Uh, I rest my case. Really dug the lyrics on, on these guys? Because Levi likes to read the lyrics. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I uh, always do. This is this is really enjoyable. Uh, fucking, um, I guess uh, leave it with that. I mean, what, what track are you thinking? Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, notes on this one, but um, we only have the one track to listen to anyway, so it doesn't matter. So we're gonna listen to Judas, the only track that's available right now, track two, from their new self-titled EP. And that comes out on December 19th of 2018. 
Okay, so the uh, quick correction there actually. So the the name of that EP is actually Misery Fatigue. So again, that was Judas by Stress, and that's off their new EP, Misery Fatigue, which is coming out on December 19th. So next we're going to talk about Kodos. Oh, fuck. This is good. This is really good. Kodos are a metalcore chaotic screamo band from the UK. They released their first two-song demo tape back in November of last year, a four-track EP a month later in December of the same year, and now they're back with a ten-song release that I would describe as an EP, but I suppose that's debatable. You could call it a full length if you really wanted, although it's about ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, for as far as grind goes or, you know... It might take up two sides of a seven inch. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I would describe their sound as frantic metalcore with a dash of screamo influence. What makes this project most notable, in my opinion, is the use of dual vocals. I love the dual vocals so it, much. It's so good. It just adds an, another layer of sonic texture. I think really adds to the chaos. Um, just the, the 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 vocals from the female. It just adds this angsty side. I don't know the, with her specific voice. Um, it's fucking awesome, man. This it's really high-pitched and sassy at times. Uh, <sighs> there's also lows, too. It's just, and the vocals are very raw still, but I wouldn't... The s- production is raw. You know, yeah. it's, it's very, it's not overproduced, shall it's we not, say. Yeah, yeah, it's not overproduced. It seems uh, like a live recording, honestly. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, you know, liberal, whammy pedal usage. Some of you would describe what they do as panic chords as well, yep. and a ton of heavy breakdowns. Again, the recordings, as Levi was just saying, are, are lower fidelity, but it doesn't hold back my enjoyment at all. Not at all, man. I would purchase this on a record and be very happy with the recording still, man. I'm just It's just a little raw, that's all. But it, it, it captures that screamo side, I feel, honestly. Um, raw Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, fucking, uh, the, There's the, a terrible the, meme floating around right now. It's like Patrol. instead of Paw Patrol, it's Raw Patrol, and it's <laughs> there's like the dog is like blasting a laser beam at a condom, and it's like fuck condoms. <laughs> so good. I can't believe that exists, and I feel totally guilty for laughing about it so much. Anyway, so let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, the 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 Vercotos, the 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 uh, track one has such a great fucking intro into what will mm-hmm. be just the ripping you know ten tracks. I uh, I really enjoyed like through uh, I think it's like halfways or towards the end of the album the the track uh, 32 inch LCD Rolex shoes uh, quite a fucking <laughs> it's a, amazing song title I want yes. a pair of whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, the the frustrations are really coming through on this stuff and yep. as well um, it does it doesn't hold my my enjoyment back at all despite the fact that they don't really have a super polished recording the first thing that came to mind actually was gas up your hearse yep nailed it. Really, really sick math chord, tech grind kind of screamo band. Rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. They only released a small number of recordings. Um, they, they were supposed to release a full-length album that was recorded by Maya Chun of Good Think and The Cheeseburger Picnic, but it was never released, unfortunately. I would have really liked to hear that. Um, but they really remind me of that band, along with CU Space Cowboy, which makes sense considering they've both put out stuff through Middleman Records, um, who also does distro for CU Space Cowboy. And I want to say that Connie did their album art, it's that same kind Looks of... like it. It really does, right? It's that same kind of like cut-out art style similar to Blood Brothers. Um, although it, she's not accredited as the artist, so I really don't know for sure. It just could be a real similar piece. So uh, what track are you thinking, Levi? Um, honestly, Go ahead and like turn a, the tables on you here since you're yeah, always man. asking me. Uh, like I said, my favorite track is the 32-inch uh, LCD uh, Rolex shoes. It's, it's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that track title it's got a, it's, it has a little bit amazing. more of a length too uh we're talking like length of tracks and everything so i think it'd be a little treat for everybody great um i was gonna say 
I was going to say um, how to cook, you know, 40 humans, but I think that you might be right there digging a little bit deeper into the album. So we'll listen to 32-inch LCD Rolex shoes, <laughs> which is uh, off their new self-titled EP, which is that came out back on uh, November 19th of 2018. Here we go. Actually, you know what? If you don't mind, uh, I think that we should actually listen to Say Goodbye to the Dental Implants, Grow Your Own Teeth in Nine Weeks. <laughs> that's the trigger. Do it. <laughs> great. It's got it's got the obnoxious whammy pedal that I'm talking about, so I think that should be the one. So we're going to listen to Say Goodbye to the Dental Implants, Grow Your Own Teeth in Nine Weeks by Kodos, and that's off their new self-titled EP, November 19th, 2018. Here we go. Alright, so that was Say Goodbye to the Dental Implants, Grow Your Own Teeth in Nine Weeks by Kodos. That's K-O-D-O-S. And uh, that's off their new self-titled EP, which came out on November 19th, 2018. And I think uh, Zegama Beach actually helped put this out, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Maybe I'm mistaken. Alright, so moving on. Uh, next, we're going to revisit Chamber. Worth the revisit. Absolutely. Chamber are a hardcore mathcore band from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, just like a dozen Black Roses we talked about earlier. Um, the band released their debut EP, Hatred Spoken Softly, earlier this year, which was received very well. Um, and they've already returned with another two-song EP that has upped the ante even further. I think we may have mentioned last time that this band is sort of leading more towards the heavy hardcore influences, yep. but they further em- embellished those more chaotic elements on this EP, so I felt like we needed to revisit it. Absolutely. And I think maybe um, I think maybe last episode, the last time that we covered this band, I may have discounted them a bit too much with that Code Orange comparison, because they really are good in their own right. Um, I was feeling them. You weren't feeling them as much. Absolutely. I remember but this. No, I feel guilty about that now because I feel like, not, not that I was, like, I was saying that in a negative way because as much criticism as Code Orange draws, I mean, we all know that they're a heavy band and they sound good. Um, and I've come to really appreciate their first EP, Hatred the- Spoken Side, especially... Um, every blade which we covered on the episode so fucking good they, they they carried like this little more of like an industrial sound in that first ep mm-hmm. um these these two which uh, i think is why that we kept jumping back to that, that yeah. comparison these these two tracks on this split ep here 
uh, I, I fucking, I love they're, they're going towards this faster side. I would say they've definitely been probably jamming some vein or getting influenced by vein. Um, you got those kind of like peace old wounds. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, they have added a new vocalist. Uh, See, uh I Jake, didn't pick up on that. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah. So Jacob, uh, Jacob Lilly is the new vocalist. That's actually the first thing I picked up on. I can well, tell make sense. Like you saying that. But yeah. I, I mean, Jacob Lilly does a really good job by matching the tone of what they had before, but you can definitely tell that it's two separate guys, but I really like this cleaned up vocals that Jacob Lilly does. Um, so I am really stoked to hear more. It's a shame it was just two, but hey, I get it. It's a split fucking mm. album and everything. So yeah, keep it up. Like, fucking hear some more, you know? Yeah, I, I would like to hear a full length out of these guys. Yep. They're probably going to be, if they keep going the way they're going, they're probably going to end up being a huge hardcore band. I can see them doing the same kind of circuits that all the bands do that we were just talking about. Get to it, boys. So um, we're going to listen to The Final Shape. Oh, thank God. Which is track one from their new EP, The Final Shape in Search of Truth. And uh, that came out on November 2nd of 2018. Here we go. Inside of your head and underneath your skin. My brain will burn inside your Yeah, I'm playing. Play. 
right, so that was The Final Shape by Chamber, and that's track one off their new EP, The Final Shape, In Search of Truth, which came out on November 2nd. So, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, we recently had the pleasure of interviewing Delta Sleep on their first West Coast excursion. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you now. Here we go. Delta Sleep, uh, you guys want to say your name and what you play in the band? Hey, my name's Devin Ujail. Oh, he plays uh, guitar and sings. Yes. <laughs> my name's <laughs> My name's Blake Mostyn and he I He plays drums. I'm Glenn Hodgson, I play the guitar and sing. Oh. And he plays the guitar. <laughs> my name's Dave Jackson, I play bass and sing. Excellent, great. So, um oh, wait, I to say I sing as well. You don't really <laughs> My name's Blake Mostyn, I play drums and I sing as well. <laughs> so multifaceted. Okay. So, um so how the band get started? How'd you guys meet? So we started in Canterbury in the UK. Me and Glenn went to college together and we just discovered a kind of mutual, uh, what's the word, love for, for bands and each other <laughs> and our, each other's guitar playing. For stuff and shit. And so, yeah, we just started uh, the band, me and Glenn. Great. Fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Please. I, we encourage it. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So um, then you, at what point did you move to Brighton? Um, so I, when I finished college... I fin- I went to university. I went to Brighton in like 2008, mm-hmm. and then moved back in 2011. There's just a, like a really really strong music scene there. A lot of bands, lots of shows all the time. There's like quite big international acts tour around there. So I I just really wanted to go there after college, and then uh, Dev lived in London for a while, and we just commuted around for a bit, and then we got a new bassist and a new drummer in Brighton. After our old bassist and drummer individually got pregnant had their own like families and stuff and not together <laughs> that was some of our questions here yeah, yeah. so uh, our old bassist our old drummer had kids and our other drummer also played in lots of other bands and it uh, was just getting really difficult we were just starting to tour like seriously but it was getting quite difficult and then yeah exactly beyond like the uk or london and the southeast of england uh, we started touring around like europe yeah, and italy and things like that a lot that's right, but then our bassist with a new kid on the way, it wasn't ideal, and also our drummer had like another band that he was quite invested in, um, so yeah, it just sort of fell into place. We got these guys almost on an ad hoc basis, and then they just fit really well, and that was it. So when did you guys join the band, exactly? Um, it was about nearly six years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, about five, six years ago. That's like 2012, so... No, it was 2013, because it was after the management was released, so it was like... It was, yeah, it was a month or two after, yeah. yeah. So it was 2013, like autumn time. Yeah, that was oh, the first tour. Oh, only been out for a month. No, Twin. Yeah. No, we management. wrote Twin. So oh, yeah. Boy, <laughs> 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 wow, you're not on... Wow. You guys are not on uh, management? No, we okay. joined literally a few months after... Oh, sorry. <laughs> A few months after management, um, so I met these guys. I put um, Delta Sleep on in Leeds. I was working as a promoter at the time, okay. and I put um, Delta Sleep on in Leeds and met them all. That was like May 2013, and then I moved to Brighton in July of that year, and I met these guys at a gig, and they were playing without a bass player. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. So you filled that need then. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, our bassist had just gotten pregnant and it was uh, a bit of a surprise and she was like yeah I'm keeping the baby and all that kind of stuff and we had all this like tour planned out and loads of gigs and stuff so we ended up doing loads of them without a bass and then Dave happened to be at the Brighton show and he'd seen us like a month or two before with a bassist and was like what what happened and he was like oh, by the way I'm a bassist 
Uh, do you need anyone? And then we had this, we had this, myself. we had this UK tour booked with a, a British band called Suffer Like G Did, who are great. Um, but yeah, I t- he said he could play bass and fill in, and I said if you could learn all the tracks in like two weeks, then you're you're in. It, it went really well. Yeah, and then that was the first tour. Uh, but Blake did a tour before that, I think. Yeah, so before kind of that, um, it was the first European tour that Delta had ever done, and. I remember I was literally outside Glenn's house getting ready to pick him up so we could drive to get the ferry or whatever and uh, we I'd found out that the old bassist wasn't going to come and that it was just going to be a three piece and we just ended up saying fuck it let's just head out there and do it anyway so we that was how I essentially got in by doing uh, essentially some session stuff for the tour and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, well, the vibe was it like it worked anyway. You know, like we all got on really well, and the guys were quite good to me actually because I was trying to learn the songs. But the previous drummer is a bit of a sickhead on the drums as well, so it was kind of hard for me to get into that style because it's not really my way of playing. So the guys were good, and they just said, you know, within uh, the constraints of the structure of the song, just do your own thing. And, and you're, a, you're a drum instructor, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I teach in a number of different schools. And I also do some private stuff as well. Uh, what were you playing before Delta Sleep? Uh, so I was in a like a post metal band called The Maya, which is sort of like ISIS, Neurosis kind of Love stuff. It. Yeah, and then um, I was in a sort of jazz hip hop band called The EME, which is. I got- that you're playing the, the hip hop. Yeah, man, that's kind of all I listen to really. It's just a lot of old school hip hop and corn. and corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so, what are your biggest inspirations? Like, is it uh, like it could be musical or works of fiction or art? Like, what makes you guys inspired to make music? Hmm. Let me think about that for a little bit. Yeah, expanding upon that, I noticed that your last two albums have sort of uh, well, the last one definitely, the most latest one has a dystopian theme. Um, what are your favorite works of dystopian fiction? It's a little easier. Wow. Yeah, well, I'd say recent ones like uh, stuff like Black Mirror is, is amazing. Spike Jones film Her is also incredible. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, like Blade Runner for sure. Um, I was else? actually talking. I uh, had a little bonding moment earlier in, on today in a, a bar just around the corner. Some guy was reading a graphic novel. I love graphic novels, mm-hmm. but there's a really really good one on the subject of dystopian stuff called uh, by Alan Moore called The Filth. Um, yeah, it's just a really dystopian graphic novel about uh, comic book police. Sounds really weird. Yeah, I just love it. Yeah, it's the kind of I don't know, kind of Kafka, not the Kafka esque. It's just like really postmodern. It's like a comic about comics. Yeah, it's quite cool. So, what happened to that self-titled debut EP? Christian and I are both very curious about this. That's we can deep. only find it on YouTube these days, and it's just very, very it's difficult. Camp. I know it's on your YouTube. But <laughs> we want answers. It's kind of hard to find. You just, you just don't want people to hear that anymore as much. Or... There's about seven copies well, of it in the small pond van. Actually. Yeah. Oh, in, really? In a CD in wallet, my, yeah. My company's van, there's about seven, like, buying copies. Oh, so do you that. work for Small Pond then? I run Small Pond, yeah. Oh, you run Small with, Pond? With wow. Like four or five I, I love the Small Pond session videos. Oh, They're man. fucking brilliant. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, that's been gone for a few years now. But um, there's loads of copies in there if you want. Thanks. Well, I think really what happened was that was our first ever like recording as a band. I think we just uh, we just 
started the band Delta Sleep before we used to be in a band called Savlon, which is kind of like a joke band. Yeah, and that's why that first track is called that. Uh, But we just... It was our first ever recording. We were pretty young and like not really that experienced and we kind of made a lot of mistakes. Like we didn't fully get behind all the choices we'd made during the recording and production process. And I think once management came along, we were super happy with how the songs were feeling and we felt like we properly discovered our kind of formula in a way. And we kind of wanted to move on a little bit and just like cut all ties with like the first thing which kind of we weren't super happy it with was it was like that first EP was almost another band really like it yeah. was like so this was like our college project I suppose we were in this band called Savlon and we just I don't know what was Savlon I mean would, 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 was it Delta Sleep was it yeah it was to- it was totally Delta Sleep with the old bassist and the old drummer and it was just like a kind of we were just discovering how to play guitar and how to play. We're all like discovering how to play the, all the stuff, and you know what I mean. We're all buying effects pedals and mm-hmm. not really. It was just everything was a blank slate. We, exactly. We yeah. didn't really know what we were doing, and it applied also to songwriting and also recording. Which, like Dev said, I mean, we didn't commit to any of the things that we'd done because we didn't know what we were doing. It was like, okay, what's multi-tracking mean, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that unless you've recorded, then you know. Probably what you don't know what that means or what it implies or it carries on like the Delta Sleep sound though because like management there's still the inserts there I mean Mm. it's it's the same sound almost you know like basically we still really appreciate it and enjoy like finding it these days felt like management was a much better representation of your 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 product and we wanted uh, and also because with management we teamed up with Big Scary Monsters which is our label and we kind of we felt like right this is like the beginning for us so we kind of wanted. uh, yeah, fresh start in a way from there. Yeah, it seems you've uh, you found a good home with that label. Yeah. You know, the takeaway shows, um, are those like more spontaneous or are they like deliberate? Like when you went to Japan, did you have that planned out? You guys like... We're we are really big fans video? of the live sessions. Like cool. it's, they're great. Yeah, I mean, the takeaway shows, I love doing them as well. We're actually planning on doing a couple out here. Oh, right. um, they are very spontaneous. Like we, we, we plan to do them, but we never know what exactly is gonna be or where it's gonna be so we're kind of planning to do a couple this time around but we we don't really know what location it's gonna be in so the production value is amazing uh, who's filming who's doing it all I guess uh, well so the one in Japan was our good friend Neil Neil Coffee. he works I work with him sometimes we've uh, we made videos under a name called Milk Time Productions and uh, we've made a few videos for like a couple bands it's not really that active anymore but um, that was all Neil's stuff uh, and then this time we've got uh, Tom Brooker, who's a good friend of ours. But I guess like I, I'm a filmmaker as well, so I tend to like direct a lot of the, the stuff. You know? I wanted to talk about that next, actually. So, uh, yeah, speaking of videos, we love the videos that you direct. El Pastor, um, San Soleil. Uh, are, have you, were those like your directorial debuts or have you done film directing previously? No, I mean, that's, that's my job. So I, in terms of music videos, I haven't done too much. So the Delta Sleep stuff is kind of like, a blank canvas for me to just like experiment with really but I I've made I used to work at Vice in London mm-hmm. uh, for like five years and I kind of was kind of like making documentaries like editing and filming oh, wow. a lot of stuff and so kind of got a lot of experience through that and now I'm just like freelance like filmmaker so mostly like documentary online content kind of stuff and a bit of music video a uh, bit of a stock question here but this is your second time in the US what's been your favorite city so far um, for me personally Seattle 
so yeah. far. Yeah, Seattle was really cool city. Um, it's a special city for sure. Yeah, and the venue we played was amazing. We played Chop Suey. Um, it's just like this kind of really cool shape uh, building. And um, that was our first show as well, so we were quite jet lagged and confused. But um, <laughs> so maybe it was just that. Um, but no, that was a really cool show. Um, and yeah, I think tonight's gonna be really fun as well. Actually, the venue downstairs is great. I'd I'd agree with that. Cool. Um, for I mean. Because we were out in the East Coast like a couple of months ago as well, but I think Chicago really took me by surprise. I really loved it there, and I've all, kind of always wanted to head out there. I think we were kind of lucky with the weather. Uh, it was still really sunny, awesome. and we went and swam in Lake Michigan, and yeah, it was it was sweet. But yeah, this time round, I think Seattle was really good. But I think it all depends on if we get a chance to actually spend some time there mm. as well. You know, when we are mm. on tour, it's all very like... You're in one city one day, then you go to the next, the other. But when we land and when we first came, this time and the time before, we actually got given, you know, two or three days to actually chill out in the area. And I think that goes hand in hand with us liking that place better because, you know, out of all of the cities that we visit. Did you have someone showing you guys around? or? Uh, not so much. I mean, we had a few different tips that people had said. Um, and when we did the show, because this time was quite hardcore, actually, because we flew in and then played the show on the same day that we flew in. So we were, we were pretty trashed. Yeah. What about you, Glenn? What's your I mean, I definitely think Seattle's been my favourite, just because we had two days off there, so actually... You guys just got weed there, so... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, that well. Seattle. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a curveball and say, Flemington, New Jersey. Why? Just because it was like the, I don't know, the, the smallest show that we played last tour. Probably the shittest show we played. Well. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, it was alright, but Flemington? Why not? Another kind of standard question here, but what's been your favorite U.S. band that you've played with so far? Hmm. And you guys played with Snooze, you played with Standards, you played with Floral, I love all those bands. Hmm. Standards? Invalids. Invalids, I'd yeah. say um, Lifted Bells in Chicago. Yeah, oh, Lifted yeah, Bells, were sure. they were fucking awesome. Uh, they're, uh, it's the new band from, do you know Braid? Um, like old know. school, like... Kind of like nineties yeah. Midwest emo akin to American I've football. I've never heard of Braid. No. Yeah, it's great. Really? They got yeah. the name on last. They got an album called Frame and Canvas. That's like classic. Which album. is just like super good nineties kind I'm of mid big, Midwest like, emo. I'm a big like emo screamo Midwest person. Yeah. Like, I've never heard I'm of Braid. Surprise, Braid, man. Gonna Braid have to awesome. get that by, by the end of the night. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frame and Canvas. It came out in '98, I think. So it's quite like seminal old like emo. It's album. awesome. Yeah. It was the singer for for Braid and also guitarist for There There There. Yeah. But then other than that, who else? Floral was sick. Floral yeah, were really cool. Yeah, Floral were great. Invalids are great yeah. as well. Yeah. Didn't really understand what was happening the first two times. After, <laughs> yeah, the, third after like fourth, the third time, I was like, oh, now oh, I understand what you, what's it's, happening. It's a ride. Oh, it's a fucking ride. It's like a strobe light. <laughs> in, um, Boston. Uh, that had those oh, trumpets. Yeah, the most. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah they were, they were the ones. Right. They were yeah, amazing. They were, they were great. So, so sick. Yeah, they had quite a kind of like one, almost quite a wonky hip hop feel to them. They had like a full horn section pretty much, and they yeah the drummer was just off the chain. So what is the uh, what is the typical songwriting process for Delta Sleep? Like, do you start off with um, music and then write lyrics around that, or do you start off with like a a lyrical motif and then try to write a musical theme around that? Or well, I mean, music normally comes before the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So Dev writes all the lyrics. So I mean we wouldn't come in with lyrical ideas. It would just be like, we have riffs, 
we'll jam it around for ages and then I guess all while that's happening Dev will be kicking up some sort of narrative or something like that that might or maybe he has lyrics that he already kind of has tucked away somewhere that he'll try putting onto it I'm guessing yeah I mean generally Glenn and I come up with like the melodic parts like uh, we, uh, we write the songs like instrumentally uh, or like the individual riffs anyway then we'll bring it to the, the band practice room and then we'll kind of mess around with a few like structure ideas I guess uh, then I'll all the while I'll like kind of be thinking about vocal patterns and things like that and that generally once the lyrics are, are written that tends to structure the song and decide determine which parts are played for what amount of time or like kind of structuring the song a bit I guess Something it's like a lot that. of back and forth like we spend yeah. a lot of time just going around like lengthening parts and then getting rid of parts or beautiful so it, yeah. yeah do you guys like write stuff in the studio like when you went to Italy did you like we, fi- we, tend- we finished a few tracks off in Italy for sure yeah we, we um, write some interludes as well yeah yeah, yeah. we wrote a couple of bits out there I actually think probably for Ghost City maybe the album was 80% maybe 85% finished and then we just liked actually we took a bit of a risk and just left little bits of it undone and finished it in the studio so Floater we finished completely in the studio oh, okay. I mean Dream Thing initially was just going to be a little interlude riff and it turned into a song mm. um, yeah. also nice music video with it too so yeah, yeah. thanks also Ghosts and Glass Ghost and Glass we fully made we didn't even have those ideas I mean we had maybe little bits like maybe I had my little bit but we'd never played the whole song yeah, so I actually think... a few of the tracks on the album were totally just came together in the studio uh, those are the interlude tracks right the instrumental yeah, yeah so Ghost yeah, yeah. Glass the two interlude tracks and then also Floater right at the end the last track and really Dream Thing just sort of did itself it was just easy I think, I I think you'll find it's called Dream Thang <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for Glass eye rolls actually uh, I think the one take that is actually on the album Ghost and Glass it's one take and yeah we were just messing around with some loops and uh, the pedals and stuff and then we just started playing and Mark was recording and yeah finished and we were like well that sounded pretty sick and then he was like yeah got it (laughs) (laughs) and that was kind of it (laughs) yeah Yeah, man it's cool that was the first time we've ever recorded like that though and uh, I couldn't I can't imagine myself doing anything else now yeah like, like, really get a, like an organic product doing it that way, sure, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, multi-tracking is yeah. good, and I've done that. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've done with Twin and with Management. I multi-tracked every, like everything, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Ghost uh, City, it was just like... It's mostly live. It's almost... Most of it is live. Amazing. And then we just overdubbed like the overdrive guitars or yeah. harmonies and things like that. We, so. we spent like the first two days just kind of setting up the drum sounds, setting all the amps, and kind of getting the sound. And then the rest of the time just... On that album are dialed too. Yeah, nice. So that's Mark Roberts, the producer. He's just insane. He's he, he's, I guess, kind of famed for just getting a really decent drum sound. But overall, yeah, the snare is everything there. Yeah, man. So what led you to the decision to go uh, record in Italy versus like local? Well, yeah, it's just uh, (laughs) well, we we kind of checked out the costs. Well, for the studio we found, really, that's the main reason we went to Italy because. We actually were invited to record, uh, we did the live version of Camp Adventure there, like the full mm-hmm. band version. We recorded that in Italy, which we, they invited us to do it there, the producer. And so ever since that session, we've always wanted to go back. And so we, ch- we just checked out the cost to go to Italy and it worked out the same price to record in like a studio in the UK than it did to go to Italy, play a few shows and then 
It's actually, che- it's actually it was less. cheaper to go to Italy, so yeah, yeah. we booked like four gigs on the way down, recorded, and then four gigs on the way back. And, uh, so crazy. Basically paid for the cost of recording, coming down and doing like three full shows on the way down, three four shows on the way back. It was more or less. Yeah, we found a hotel that was like two minutes from the studio, and it was like ten euros a night each or something, and you get like a big pizza and a carafe of wine, and yeah, yeah. there's a pool, and it's really beautiful yeah, weather, and we had a swimming weather. pool. It was well, just of course, like, you're gonna finish a fucking album. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you're. There's a chance that nothing was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, yeah, I noticed that you guys are always in some beautiful locale. Um, the, the Italy place where the studio was looked amazing, judging by the little snippets and studio teasers you were putting out. Um, so where do you guys, what's like your favorite place to travel to? Um, I mean, up there, yeah, to be honest. Italy's, yeah. Italy's definitely there, just because, the, the, I mean, the food is great, but other than that, we've got like a label out there, like a kind of really cool DIY label have been helping us out um, called Toulouse La Trac, and they have great bands in there, on their label. Toulouse La Trac. Yeah, it's kind of, it's quite like screamo-y, uh, quite shoe- shoegazy post-hardcore yeah. stuff. Okay. Mm. It's quite big awesome. Yeah. I think for me it's probably got to be Japan. Mm. I think yeah. uh, when we yeah, head up, when we went out there that was a real bucket list thing mm. and yeah, just to be playing shows in a country that personally and I think everyone else has always dreamt of going out to was just yeah pretty amazing so I find myself there if I can <laughs> but I'd say the US as well man I mean, yeah for sure. yeah I mean it's, we've yeah the experiences from playing in the US like we I don't really think we've seen here. like crowds yeah. like it you know and the enthusiasm and people just like moshing and crowd surfing and just like singing wigging out yeah, you know word, yeah. and like that, our, our normal crowds are a bit more reserved especially in the UK you know it's a bit more chin scratchy appreciate from afar <laughs> arms folded just kind yeah, of yeah 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 that's yeah. literally it you know yeah, anorak's yeah. done up and you know yeah, you know yeah. it goes yeah. but I just think yeah we I think we were really blown away by the American crowds and how just the general enthusiasm you know it's just been sick yeah it's difficult to put a one place to be honest Japan's probably up there as number one I suppose just because it was like a, always a dream to kind of go out there and do the tour but I mean Equally, coming out to the US for us is a dream. I mean, we grew, we grew up with like American bands and US fucking pop culture and stuff. Like yeah. listening to hardcore bands and pop, pop, even pop punk, pop punk stuff. And <laughs> even, but it's like a joke. But even going way back as far as that, like even things like Nickelodeon and stuff. But, oh, yeah, but yeah, I, even yeah. little things like that. Actually, you, sometimes I might go to a place and be like, "Fuck, I really this feels really familiar." But it's because like you kind of recognize it from like cartoons and stuff just the way streets are set up out here and all that kind of shit you know what I don't know it's really hard to explain even like watching something as simple as The Simpsons like actually the way that houses are kind of set up on the streets out here you're kind of driving past that fuck this actually feels like you're just in Yeah, TV right. show yeah, that you've yeah, seen, yeah. you know, yeah, so man, yeah. that for us is also a bit of a trip to be honest. Love it. Yeah, New York's a trip like that as well. Oh, like you just get the maddest sense of deja vu because you've seen it in every. Oh, New York yeah. feels like New York. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I mean, San Francisco too. You come here, it's all the houses you're getting. Uh-huh. Like, no shit. That's yeah, what it is right. here. Okay. Yeah. 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 It really looks like that. Yeah. 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 And then you go to Oakland, just totally Oakland. Feels yeah. different. Our houses are different. Everything's yeah. I gotta ask, did you go to the Seinfeld Diner? No. Uh, where's that? Oh. Is that uh, Cat, Cat's Delicatessen? It's not. It's um, Tom's restaurant. Tom's oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. Like, Next the time. Website. The inside doesn't look like the inside. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. It doesn't make a sound stage, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, next time. Next time. Yeah. 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 
So, um, <laughs> you guys went down to Mexico, was it uh, last year? Yeah, last year. How did you guys like playing down there? It seemed like the math rock scene is like really strong right there, or down there right now. Mm, yeah, it is. Mm, it is really so strong. Cool. There's a bunch of uh, uh, really quite dedicated promoters and DIY like kind of record label stuff and like just a really, really, really strong scene out there. And um, yeah, I'd recommend anyone to go play there or watch shows there. Especially if you're from like South California, you can pop over reasonably easily. Yeah, yeah. Talking about fans as well, like they go mad. Yeah, like, they go really, really go Paolo mad. Paolo is super cool. I mean, you guys know Paolo, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you know her? Uh, just social media. Oh, yeah. cool. So she, she, she came out to Arc Tangent with us. To, uh, oh, she came out to Arc Tangent as well. She yeah, she came out to Arc Tangent with us. Yeah. 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 Wait, we love her. Yeah. Poo Poo, we love you. Hold tight, Poo Poo. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for talking with us. It was really awesome. Excited to hear you guys tonight. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I hope you don't suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely. Hope so. <laughs> we hope so too, for sure. Our expectations are sky high. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do this. Nice. So that was our interview with Delta Sleep on their first West Coast excursion. Such an honor to interview that band. You know, I, I've said many times in this podcast that you know I really love their music. So it was really, uh, it was really surreal to like meet them and just chat. We interviewed them before they played, and during the set, it was amazing. I mean, Christian and I, we've, we've gushed about these guys before. It just it was, it was a true pleasure to be able to interview. Thank you, guys. It was so amazing to see you live. And on top of that, everybody in San Francisco knew your fucking lyrics. It was which- everything I hoped it would be, you know. they Just to have that opportunity to, to be there and sing along with them was incredible. To, to fill a decent-sized venue with people that know your lyrics, holy fucking they shit. Were, they were emanating light. I could feel myself lifting off the ground. Shut up, dude. But yeah, me too. I was lifting. It was transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess that about wraps it up for the 27th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs>